Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program when you visit walkintruth.com. It's Christmas Eve, and hopefully that brings you excitement and joy, and it doesn't remind you of all the things you still need to do, like, you know, put that bike together tonight. Or did that just give you more anxiety? (laughs) Sorry about that. But anyway, uh, Merry Christmas Eve. So join us for the next half hour for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 7 about the prophecy of the Messiah's coming called Emmanuel. Now, in the time of his distress, this same King Ahaz became yet more unfaithful to the Lord. He sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him and said, Because the gods of the kings of Aram helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they became the downfall of him and all Israel. Moreover, when Ahaz gathered together the utensils of the house of God, literally here out of the temple, he cut the utensils of the house of God in pieces. And he closed the doors of the house of the Lord and made altars for himself in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah he made high places to burn incense to other gods and provoke the Lord, the God of his fathers, to anger. Now you can get a little taste, as you can see, of what this man was up to. In the time of pressure, back to Isaiah 7, he would not turn to the Lord. He was a pragmatist. He said, well, the other gods of the nations that seem to be doing well and beating me are helping them, so I'll, I'll burn incense to them. I'll, I'll, I'll try to ally myself with Assyria because they're stronger than Syria and Israel. But every time he went to help outside of God, God just gave him another defeat. And the world was against Ahaz. You ever felt that way? The world is against me. And can I break some news to you? It actually is. Oh, the world will applaud you when you're doing well for them. If you scratch their back, they might scratch yours. But it doesn't take long to go from a hero to a goat. I'm sure you've probably noticed the world is very fickle. They'll forget about you in a microsecond. They're going to be applauding you one moment and booing you the next. And Ahaz is trying everything. He's like that person in the water desperately trying to grab onto something to float. And every time he does, that thing has holes in it. Is that you? Have you tried everything but God? You're reaching for this, and this deflates. You're reaching for that, and that person disappoints you. And and maybe it's because you're a little, let's, let's face it, there are some people that are just simply angry with God. They've had many blows come into their life. They don't understand things. Maybe they've even prayed, and it's hard sometimes to make sense of this broken, fallen world. People disappoint us. Situations disappoint us. And Ahaz is there. The people are shaking. They're looking to him, but he has not led the nation well. And so the Lord says to Isaiah, verse 3, Isaiah 7, Go out now to meet Ahaz, you and your son Shear Jeshub, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. So God now says to Isaiah the prophet who said, Here I am, Lord, send me. And by the way, Isaiah was told when he was commissioned by God, you'll keep preaching to the people and just this is what you need to know, Isaiah, and they're not going to listen to you. 
And you'll keep preaching and they won't listen. And you'll keep preaching and they won't listen. That's a tough gig. And so Isaiah hears the voice of the Lord and Ahaz is checking out the water supply and the Lord says, you go and you meet him. You go and you take your son and you meet him at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field, NIV. The washerman's field is a place where they clean clothes. They would trample them down in cold water and use a kind of soap there to wash the clothes. And Ahaz is in in a watershed moment. Isaiah has brought one of his children whose name means a remnant will return. And the message is that Isaiah... Here's what's going to happen. Ahaz is not going to listen. But because of my promises to David and to the line of Judah, a remnant is going to return. Return from where? What's coming, folks? A Babylonian captivity. In fact, Assyria is going to take the northern kingdom in a matter of just a few years. It's going to be, I think, about 10 years, 10, 12, 13 years. And the northern kingdom is going to be totally decimated by Assyria. And then in 586 B.C., a little bit down the road, Judah is going to be taken into captivity by Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. But a remnant will return. There's a symbolic son. He's been named for this purpose to show that even though the nation will be reeling from the circumstances, God will be faithful and a remnant will return to the land. Do you know that one sign that you can know that God is with Israel is the fact that they're still here? Think of all that that nation has been through, really from the very beginning, and they still exist, and they're, they're in the land today. In 1948, they returned to the land. Man, we're living in very interesting times. Their very existence is a sign. And so Ahaz is down checking out the water supply because enemies, if they could cut off your water supply, they could defeat you quite easily. And he's He's contemplating and thinking about what should I do and he's checking out the water supply and here comes a prophet. Have you ever noticed there are strategic times in your life, maybe when you have a heavy heart, maybe when you're asking some big questions, that the Lord will send a prophet, I'll put that in quotes, a witness for Christ. And someone will share the gospel with you and say, hey, God cares about you and loves you and I'm here to tell you. And sometimes we're a little blown away by that. How did you know? Sometimes I'll say to a person, I'll invite them, I'll say, hey, you know, I want to invite you to church. And they'll go, wow, I've just been thinking about God and thinking about a church. You know, the Holy Spirit has a way of using us as ambassadors to people who need to hear in that moment. Amen? Have you ever had that happen to you before? Where you're contemplating some big questions, all of a sudden a person shows up, I know that uh, when I got saved, Christians began to surround me. They were coming from everywhere, out of the woodwork, inviting me to church, saying, do you know Jesus? And I was like, they're coming from everywhere. There's too many of them. I finally yielded my life. Verse 4. Isaiah, speaking on behalf of the Lord to Ahaz, says, Say to him, God's telling him what to say. Take care and be calm. Have no fear and do not be faint-hearted because these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, the son of Remaliah, chill out, loose translation. (laughs) 
Be calm. Some of you just need to mark that during Christmas. I, I got to be calm. Okay. And God pictures these two leaders deploying forces against Judah as things that you would just take out of a fire in your fireplace. They're just smoldering nothings. They may look like big trees, but they're nothing to God. Just be calm. Don't worry about them. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 says, A wise man is strong, and a man of knowledge increases power. For by wise guidance you will wage war. And in the abundance of counselors, there is safety or victory. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6. If you're at a crossroads moment in your life, maybe you're at a Christmas crossroads in your life, to put it that way, and you don't know what to do, make sure you're getting some godly counsel. And how do you know if the counsel is godly? See if it leads you back to God and His Word. It's not too hard to figure out. If someone is giving you counsel that is opposite God, opposite God's Word, run, stage left, exit as fast as you can. Because people will tell you things that really, in the end, will not profit you in the big picture. Be careful who you get counsel from. And so, He's told, hey, calm down. These guys are nothing. They may look like mighty trees, but they're smoldering firebrands plucked from the fire. Because Aram, verse 5, with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you. God even knows what people say in back rooms. They say, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabeel. He's a good for nothing. Literally, that's what his name means. He's a puppet king. They want to supplant Ahaz and put their own king in there. Can you imagine being Ahaz and hearing that? They want to kick me out and replace me. Some of you have heard talk in your company. Sometimes you hear, you know, uh, all of a sudden, there's, there's these storm winds blowing. Oh, they're letting a bunch of people go. They want to replace us. It's hard when you hear storm winds like that. And so here's Ahaz. And God says, look, I know what they're saying. I know they want to put a puppet king in your place to control. But thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand nor shall it come to pass. Can you imagine being Ahaz? You're checking out the water supply. The whole nation is reeling. Forces deployed in the north. They want to supplant you as the king. And God says, I know what they're up to. A prophet comes. And it's not going to happen. Trust me. Now Ahaz is at a critical fork in the road. And there's a lot of people in our world that came to a fork in the road in their life. Will I follow God? Follow this. And you know, there's people who have gone both ways. There was a contemporary of Billy Graham who was preaching to crowds of thousands, leading people to the Lord. Billy Graham went to the right and continued to follow God and millions of people got saved. And this other gentleman went to the left and ended up writing books against the God of the Bible. Although he had been used by God to preach the gospel to thousands of people, he went left and Billy Graham went right. Both now are gone from this planet. Let me ask you, who made the wiser decision? Not hard to figure out, is it? 
Hello, I'm Kathy from Norco, California, and you're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. A reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Please give what you can when you visit walkintruth.com. If you can give a one-time gift of $360 or give $30 monthly, you'll partner with us to get this program on more stations, some secular, in 2020. We'll also make it so we can do more free apologetic events to equip the community. Learn how to donate on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. They may look like mighty trees, but they're smoldering firebrands plucked from the fire. Because Aram, verse 5, with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has planned evil against you. God even knows what people say in back rooms. They say, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabeel. He's a good for nothing. Literally, that's what his name means. He's a puppet king. They want to supplant Ahaz and put their own king in there. Can you imagine being Ahaz and hearing that? They want to kick me out and replace me. Some of you have heard talk in your company. Sometimes you hear, you know, uh, all of a sudden, there's, there's these storm winds blowing. Oh, they're letting a bunch of people go. They want to replace us. It's hard when you hear storm winds like that. And so here's Ahaz. And God says, look, I know what they're saying. I know they want to put a puppet king in your place to control. But thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand nor shall it come to pass. Can you imagine being Ahaz? You're checking out the water supply. The whole nation is reeling. Forces deployed in the north. They want to supplant you as the king. And God says, I know what they're up to. A prophet comes. And it's not going to happen. Trust me. Now Ahaz is at a critical fork in the road. And there's a lot of people in our world that came to a fork in the road in their life. Will I follow God? Follow this. And you know, there's people who have gone both ways. There was a contemporary of Billy Graham who was preaching to crowds of thousands, leading people to the Lord. Billy Graham went to the right and continued to follow God and millions of people got saved. And this other gentleman went to the left and ended up writing books against the God of the Bible. Although he had been used by God to preach the gospel to thousands of people. He went left and Billy Graham went right. Both now are gone from this planet. Let me ask you, who made the wiser decision? It's not hard to figure out, is it? See, sometimes in a temporal moment of time, we think, well, maybe, maybe I'll go left. Because left seems, you know, less difficult and and maybe it makes more sense to me in this moment to go this way. Well, that's where Ahaz 
is he's literally at a fork in the road. And God's saying, just trust me. What they're planning is not going to happen. There's a plan stronger than theirs. And so the head of Aram is Damascus, the capital of Syria. The head of Damascus is Rezin. Now here's what God says through the prophet. Now within 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered, the northern kingdom, so that it is no longer a people. Get this. In 65 years, about 670 B.C., exactly as the prophet prophesied, Israel's population was effaced from history. Foreign colonists were settled in Israel by the Assyrian kings. The intermarriage with a few Israelites who had not been deported by Assyria resulted in the Samaritans and marked the end of Ephraim as a separate nation. This prophecy was fulfilled to a T. And some of you are familiar with the term Samaritans because that's the conflict at the time of Jesus that the Jews hate the Samaritans. Why? Some of you have heard. Because they intermixed, they intermingled with who? People in the north. Assyria had settled people there and Israelites married them and that produced the Samaritans and more conflict. Exactly what God said would happen, happened. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. This is verse 9. And then these words. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. The you is plural here. If you will not believe, you will not be established new King James. Here's a word play. It's based on the word amen in Hebrew. Here's what it means. Believe and established are a play on the Hebrew, same Hebrew word from which we get our word amen. In the Hebrew picture language, amen means so be it, but it also in the picture is the life of a mother. Always there, always faithful. It's something like this. You could translate this language as hold God in doubt and you will not hold out. Or, literally, if you do not firm up, you will not be confirmed. Or the NIV has it. If you do not stand firm, Ahaz, in your faith, you will not stand at all. Ahaz, believe. Do you see how belief is much more than just some intellectual agreement? Okay, I believe. No, it's Ahaz, I want you to trust me right now in the most difficult moment of your life where enemies are coming from everywhere. I want you to trust me. Isn't that the hardest time to trust God? I got plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan D, E, F, G. And then if those don't work, gulp, I think maybe I'll pray. That's us, folks. That's us using God as a last resort instead of our first go-to. God's like, hello? You're a Christian, right? Yeah, but hold on a minute. I'm trying to figure things out down here. (laughs) Really? Really? If you won't trust me now, you're not going to stand at all. For we live by faith. 
and not by sight. That's our problem, right? I want to see things. I want to figure them out. I need a schematic. I need a bullet point list. I need a sign. Oh, we're coming to that. But that's where Ahaz is. See, if we'll lean on God, we'll stand. But if we treat God as irrelevant, we will become irrelevant. See, faith, and I think we all have heard this before, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Ahaz has to believe God for a victory that he hasn't realized. He has to trust God for it. And we say things like this, I don't understand, I I don't know. But faith has a future certitude. It is faith that takes hold of eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Faith is the, the handle by which we grab the promises of God and hold on to them and believe that God's holding on to us. And so the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. The prophet kind of moves into the background and he says, ask a sign. He knows how Ahaz is. He knows that Ahaz probably won't trust the word given by the prophet. So God says, okay, ask for a sign. Sometimes in, in Christian circles, we, we were a little nervous about that. We, we've read Gideon's story and we say, should I put the fleece out? Uh, Lord, do you want me to go through door A or door B? I'm going to fleece it. What does that mean to fleece it? Does it mean a soft, cuddly blanket that you buy at the market? No. Here's what it means. It means that you're going to ask God for confirmation. And I know we need to be careful with that, but get this. God is saying to Ahaz, ask me for a sign. Okay, you're not sure. You don't know if you can trust me. Ask me for a sign. Can you imagine that? God says to you, most of the time it's us saying, Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign. This time the Lord's saying, ask me for a sign. What? I'm always the one asking. Yeah, ask me. I want to give you a sign. God says, hey, Ahaz, ask from the Lord your God, make the sign as deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. You got a blank check, Ahaz. Just tell me what you want and I'll give you a sign. How many of you would go, oh, think about that one for a second. What would you ask for? All right. A lot of people walk in the planet. I, I need a sign to believe. Okay. W- what do you want? Oh, if God could just open up the heavens and say, hello. I'm here. Do you know? God did. He opened up the heavens and came down to us. He's already done it. In the person of Jesus Christ. The the God-man who has dated the calendar of the world. People can't stop talking about him. Even the skeptics write their articles. Jesus, man or myth. Jesus, this or that. Oh, it comes out during Christmas season and Easter. You've all read the articles. They can't stop talking about him. And even the skeptics say, there was never a man like him. He's a great moral teacher, a great example. Of course, they ignore his very exclusive claims to be the singular way to be right with the Father. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And this was part two of Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching about the coming Messiah called Emmanuel. Now, we know today might be a travel day for you, so thanks for spending that time listening to this amazing radio station. We encourage you to remain tuned in here during your commute. 
And if you end up flying or leaving the area, you can always listen to this and other teachings by Pastor Michael on walkintruth.com, or you can find Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we're in this wonderful holiday season, this Christmas season, and it's Christmas week. And how about some Christmas trivia? Did the early church celebrate the birth of Jesus? What do we learn about history? Did they honor this day? What day? Well, you can find out more about the origins of Christmas when you go to the Walk in Truth website, click on the store, and there you can find the origins of Christmas DVD and much, much more. A lot of teaching available to you, special apologetics teaching and the like at the Walk in Truth store. Go there today and when you buy something, you're also partnering with our ministry. We appreciate it. Well, hey, tonight it's here and it's time. We have a very special candlelight Christmas Eve service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. That's where I serve as senior pastors, the great church behind Walk in Truth, doing a lot of incredible stuff in the community. And tonight we have a special single Christmas Eve service at 5.30 p.m. The church is located at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue in Corona. And we would love for you to come out and worship with us. Bring your family, bring yourself. I'd love to meet you on this special evening. You can download the Living Truth app in your app store, get information and directions, all that you need. I hope to see you tonight. May the Lord bless you and may you have a very wonderful and Merry Christmas. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching about the coming Messiah called Emmanuel. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.